Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast today. I am joined by Eric Googe, good friend of mine and a financial advisor as well with Uvest Advisory Group. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming in. It's a fun topic that everybody wants to talk about all the time, right? That, Saving money. That's been my experience. Is everybody <laughs> wants to talk to me about financial planning and investing. I don't ever have to break their arm to talk about it. So budgeting and all that stuff, it's just something that everybody absolutely always wants to do. Oodles and oodles of fun. <laughs> so Eric, I know that we talked before in the past uh, when you were uh, getting started in the financial industry and obviously you kind of branched out and started your own thing. Can you tell us a little bit about UVEST Advisory uh, and kind of when you started and, and what you specialize in? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have been doing this for going on six years now. Uh, I started actually when I was still in college. I was a sophomore at the University of Evansville. Um, go Aces. Yeah, that's right. Go Aces. And I, uh, I, I started working with a small firm here locally uh, called Indris Capital Management. And I was working as what's known as an investment advisor representative. Um, you know, I, I spent the next two years of my uh, college career uh, working with uh, Indris Capital Management and taking on clients. And then when I graduated, I had a nice little uh, book of business, if you will. And I thought, hey, you know, I, I got something going on here. So I, I decided to open up Uvest Advisory Group. Um, and Uvest Advisory Group is a comprehensive financial planning uh, company. We uh, do investment management uh, and financial planning primarily for millennials who are self-employed. Very nice. So the the focus there is on realtors, um, as you can imagine, self-employed, um, gig economy workers, um, small business owners, and the like. Yeah. And uh, especially for people maybe who would be kind of utilizing the co-work space like where we're at right now, a lot of those people don't know the options that are available for, you know, any kind of investments or anything else that's going on. So that, that's a great niche to kind of focus on. You know, you're absolutely right. And uh, the, the, this co-work space and the co-work space downtown, I find that the uh, the workers uh, in that environment are very aligned with the services that I offer. Um, I myself am a member of the co-work space downtown. Um, so yeah, no, it's been really great. Um, you know, um, like I said, most of my clients are in 30 somethings, they're starting families, they're trying to buy a house, they're paying down student loans, they've got debt they need to take care of. And they, they're never sure if they should be paying off that debt or if they should be investing. And so we work through all those problems. Excellent. Now, you said the financial services that we offer, you're, you know, you offer investments, you offer different stuff. What kind of advice do people typically come to you for at first when they're just thinking of, hey, how do I get started doing anything? Yeah, a lot of conversations initially revolve around uh, debt and um, family finances. So um, I'll give you just a hypothetical example. You'll have a husband and a wife. Um, one of them may work a corporate job. The other one may be self-employed. Uh, they've got variable income streams. So variable income automatically means that Budgeting is a nightmare, right? Because right. if you work on commissions, if you have a sales job, like a realtor, for example, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to budget sometimes. So we work with them to figure out what can we do to sort of even these cash flows out? What can we do to prioritize what needs to happen? And, uh, you know, most of these, the, these uh, priorities are 
debt and savings. So uh, one thing that clients always uh, have a question about after we get past working through these variable cash flows is, okay, well, I've, I've got my, uh, I've got plan, my plan for what I'm going to do with this income when it comes in and, you know, however much it is, should I pay off this debt now, uh, get it out from, get out from underneath it, or should I, you know, max out my Roth IRA or something like that? Right. Um, so we have discussions surrounding that. Another discussion I have a lot with uh, clients, particularly young uh, self-employed clients, is how they can defer their income. If you have a small business of some sort, maybe you're a 1099 employee or you're working for commissions, you need to find a way eventually, especially when you start making some real money, to figure out how to defer some of that uh, income so that Uncle Sam isn't taking his cut right off the top and you right. can you can really uh, ramp up your savings. So those are the kinds of things um, that I'm working on with clients. Those are the, the initial priorities. We're also talking about things like, hey, you know, uh, we've got a little one on the way or maybe we just had a little one. Um, they're going to be going to school. Before we know it, what can we do to, you know, make sure that we provide something for their college education, education right. something like that, private education, what what have you. So I work with uh, that on uh, work with uh, clients on that as well. Full disclosure for everybody watching and listening, Eric actually is my personal financial advisor as well, <laughs> and we've had literally all of these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I is it's a hypothetical client, Aaron, and I would never <laughs> disclose such information without your permission. Yeah. But I appreciate the shout out. Sure thing, no problem. Now, the other thing that people always talk about with investments is obviously we're talking stocks, bonds, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. What 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 sets you up? part uh, at your firm versus like any other broker out there? Absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, uh, well, a couple things. So I, I am I'm not uh, what you would call a broker. Um, and there's a, there's a big difference between what I am, which is a, a investment advisor and a broker. Um, a broker is somebody who you go to for financial products. So if you need, um, you know, you know what you want and you just want somebody to sell you something, then you go to a broker and they say, well, I've got this, you know, I I want this mutual fund. Um, Hey, Mr. Broker, can you sell me this mutual fund? The broker will happily oblige and they'll sell you this mutual fund. The way they're compensated generally is through a commission. Right. That's their business model. And there's nothing wrong with that business model. It serves a particular market. I don't work with that market. Clients come to me because they don't know they have, don't know anything about investments. They don't know what they should be investing in or how much they should be investing in it. So I am compensated directly by my clients, no commissions or anything like that. It's kind of like the difference between a salaried employee and a commission employee, right? I, right. I, I don't, I'm not trying to sell investments to my clients. I'm sitting down with my clients and I'm figuring out what investments suit them best. Based on that information, I go and I set up a hype or a, rather not a hypothetical portfolio, but a very real portfolio and manage that portfolio for them. Um, so back to compensation, because that's the real differential or the difference there. Um, you know, I think it's really important because knowing how your financial advisor, whether they're a broker or an investment advisor, is compensated is really important because it informs you about the incentives involved in the process. So my incentive generally speaking, is to grow my clients' assets as much as I can because that's how I'm compensated. They, they pay me a percentage of their, their assets that I manage for them. Right. Right. Um, you know, a broker, on the other hand, generally, they, they want 
sales. They want product sales. And, you know, again, there's people who need that service. Um, you know, that's not what my clients typically need. They, they need advice. And so I remove myself from the sales process to provide objective advice. That's what it boils down to. Um, so the, the, the technical jargon there is a fee only advisor. You may, you may see that term float, floating around. Uh, that's what I am. Um, you know, another interesting aspect of that is that I have at all times a, what's called a fiduciary obligation in my client's accounts. And that's not always necessarily the case with a broker because, you know, a fiduciary obligation means that you're required to always put your client's interests above your own right. interests at all times. And that's, that just, that's not just your client's interests right now, but that's also your client's interests 30 years from now. I got to be looking at the entire picture. What is absolutely best the best financial products for rather the best uh, investments for my clients so that's something i have to look at um you know a broker can't have that fiduciary obligation because you know if a client comes to a broker and says i need this product and uh, you know the broker can't say well you know i don't think that's in your best interest that's not how it works you know right. they, they sell you the product um and, and obviously, I understand the fiduciary relationship because as a real estate agent, that's that's my ultimate goal in every transaction. So if I'm representing a buyer, my goal is to make sure we get them the absolute best price we can. We make sure we get the stuff repaired that's necessary, make sure that they're taken care of when they move into the house. And, you know, I tell people all the time, hey, you know, I'm not I'm not here for this transaction. I'm here for life. I want you to know me, like me, trust me well enough that you keep coming back to me every single time you're making a move. You know, I think that that was my that was my exact experience when you when you helped us buy our, our most recent home or so when you sell, sold our most recent home. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. So and, and I know because of that, just how much. I appreciate the fiduciary responsibility that you have looking out for my interests as well. And just, it makes the relationship a lot easier because I'm like, Hey, I know that he makes more money if I make more money. So that's a win-win. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That's a good way of looking at it. I, I should start pitching it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it's something that's kind of up in the air, uh, in the industry a lot, especially recently, because, um, every once in a while there'll be some legislation passed where, uh, certain lawmakers want a fiduciary obligation to be absolutely mandatory in the financial services industry, unfortunately. And then that's something I absolutely 100% advocate for. Um, unfortunately, that's not where we're at. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed, uh, we'll, we'll get there one day. Uh, and, and one last thing about fiduciary, the fiduciary standard, uh, states are actually starting to implement their own standards um, since the federal government's unable to enforce a fidu- or unwilling rather to enforce a fiduciary standard, you're seeing certain states, um, New Jersey, Massachusetts come to mind, who are saying if you are going to be, you know, providing these financial services in our state, you have to have a fiduciary obligation to your clients, and I think that's excellent. Very nice. Is there anything that you know kind of gets overlooked in the financial realm that, especially self-employed people? should know about or uh, should think about when they're either starting a business or once they're into it and actually making some of that real money that you're talking about that's like a simple trick or something that, that you know is often overlooked um there's definitely no tricks there's no shortcuts um that's exactly what i wanted people to hear <laughs> yeah there's no, there's no shortcuts um but i will talk about uh, i recently uh, actually wrote an article about this um i i think people severely severely underestimate the power of time when it comes to their investments. I saw this article. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I was fortunate enough to come to this, but just, 
purely randomly come across this information when I was relatively young and I've, I've been maximizing my investments ever since. But the amount of time you have to invest is far and away way more important than what you invest in or how much you invest. If you start today as an 18-year-old, just hypothetically, and you invest $5,000 a year, say, all the way till you're age 30, and you stop, you don't invest another dime for the rest of your life versus somebody who starts at age 30 and invests twice as much every single year until they're age 60, you guys come out even almost, not quite, but just about even, which is astounding. Think about that. The person who is putting in twice as much starting at age 30 through age 60 ends up actually putting in five times amount the, the amount of money than somebody who just started at age 18 and quit when they were 30. Right. All of that difference, all of that growth came from time for, for that 18-year-old. From uh, that compounding effect. Exactly. And that is something that that's the one commodity that nobody, everybody gets the same amount of and nobody gets any more is time. And so whether, whether, you know, whether you're an 18 year old or a 30 year old, it does, it doesn't matter. The takeaway should be, you need to start like now. Right. So, you know, back to kind of my little intro spiel about helping clients, um, you know, decide whether they should be paying off debt or whether they should be investing. You need to be paying off debt. That's important. But you cannot, you just cannot afford to give up time in the market. There's nothing you can do to get that time back. Even if you double your investment or the amount that you're investing later down the road, just say, hey, you know, I can't invest now, but I'll invest twice as much later. That's not going to work. You can't pick better investments. Number one, that's really incredibly difficult to do. But number two, I also, you know, took a look at that and that uh, doesn't work either. You still end up, you know, behind if you just started earlier. So you really just need to get on it. You need to figure out what you can do, what you can set away, and then set it away. Don't don't think of it as a checklist where you're saying, hey, I'm going to pay off this debt, then I'll start investing. You'll always have debt. Every right. This is America. It's We're all red-blooded Americans. We all Consumerism have debt. Consumerism is rampant. Yes. We we all have debt. That's that's part of the citizenship requirements. You, know? <laughs> you have to have consumer debt to be an American. But you also need to have investments because there's you're never going to get that time back. Um, so that is, you know, if I could, even if it's $5, I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get the time back. That's an excellent point. Now, since you're never going to get the time back, if somebody's sitting here listening to this and they're thinking, oh, my God, I got to get started right away. Where is the best place for people to find you and contact you to try to get something going? Well, they can, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> my my email address, uh, you know, I. do you want me to, like, give them my email address over you know, there? Just, is phone number better? Well, you, yeah, you phone number. Yeah, you can call it. me. Uh, yeah, I was kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to think here because there's no visuals. Um, yeah, so my phone number, 812-499-5252. If you, you know, if you want to talk about um, your investments or financial plan, um, I'm happy to do that. You can email me at eric at uvestadvisory.com. That's uh, eric, E-R-I-K, at uvest, U-V-E-S-T, advisory.com. Um, and, you know, just drop a, you know, dro- drop me a line and I'd be happy to talk to you. You could also text me, by the way. Um, you don't, I, I know if you're like me, I absolutely loathe talking to people on the phone. Um, but 
you know, you don't have to reach out to me to get started. That's there's so many ways, especially if you're a digital native or a millennial or you know you, you're you're at all familiar with a computer. There are so many ways to get started. If you want somebody to show you the way and help you and you really have no idea what you should be doing, that's where somebody like me comes in. You should really you should really hire a financial planner. If you have any sort of inkling at, to, that you know what to do, then, hey, go download an E-Trade app and figure it out. You can, it, you can absolutely do it, and it is not that difficult. What's more important than whether you hire me or go through E-Trade or Edward Jones or whoever is that you do it now. That's way more important. Um, and so, you know, the people who come to me are typically coming to me because, number one, they don't know what investments they need. But number two, they don't know what kind of account. You know, they got Roth IRAs, regular IRAs, simple IRAs, uh, simplified employee pensions, solo 401ks. There's all kinds of different accounts. So you just start throwing out letters and numbers and then I, yeah. I just glaze over and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you, you handle it for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm happy to have that discussion with you. Um, and I don't have, a, you know, a minimum. You know, sometimes you'll you'll run into an asset minimum required to work with advisors. That's not something I believe in. I, I feel like, you know, if, if you need financial planning, you should have access to financial planning. So, you know, don't worry about anything like that. Sounds good. Well, thanks for coming in again and t- giving us a quick overview of who you are and what you do. I think Eric and I are sitting here talking about some different ways we might try to come up with uh, a periodic update on some different things. So stay tuned for more information on that. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. And I'll give one uh, one last uh, quick little piece of information. I also have a website, uh, which you can find at www.uvestadvisory.com. Again, that's the letter U-V-E-S-T, advisory, A-D-V, isory.com. And we'll make sure to link to that once we post this video as well. Eric, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Aaron. Hey, this is Aaron Luttrell. Thank you so much for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're always looking for other people to interview.